When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. (laughs) This is Birds 365. Hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Let's go! And a good Thursday morning, Birds fans. Two hours going to fly by today. Just a pre-show prediction from your buddy Jordy Mack here. Uh, we have a lot to parse out, a lot to digest from yesterday's Eagles confab with Howie Roseman and Nick Sirianni. Uh, you got Jody McDonald and John McMullen here with you on Birds 365. We got two good guests coming your way. For the second day in the show, I'm going to relate to one of our streamers who jumped in before the show ever started to comment on the show. Always love when someone comments on the show before it actually starts. Um, from BRRR, RIP Jody. Uh, guess what? I'm not dead and I'm not dying and I'm not going anywhere, at least not for the next two hours. So feel free to. What does that uh, even mean? What does I, that even mean? See, that's why I, and I'm repeating myself from yesterday. That's one of the reasons why we don't comment on the stream as often as we do. Because you don't know what people mean. It's typed uh, out know. on a screen. I you got know. a real zeal. Is today the day that McMullen takes an L for his Brian Johnson takes? What what, 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 what am I taking an L for? Uh, I don't know. That's, <laughs> that's why we don't uh, comment on them as much yeah. as they do. But RIP is pretty uh, easy to right. figure out. Dead man. Uh yeah. We we might at some point today reference the Philadelphia Eagles as a dead team walking, 
but I'm not dead. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not sure what he wants. Um, yeah, yesterday was, it was enlightening, but it was also tremendously frustrating because uh, one news service, I don't even remember what it was, that's tagline used to be uh, questions asked and answers questioned. We got a little bit of both yesterday. There were some questions that were asked and answered, another that were completely ignored and or talked around in circles. Uh, l- let me let you take it where you want to go. What was your <laughs> number one takeaway? <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm already sick. Maybe PRR knows something. Maybe yeah. I am dying. Um, what was your number one takeaway from yesterday's uh, Eagles press session? My number one takeaway, uh, Nick Sirianni and his offense, which is my offense, my offense, my offense, my offense turned into our offense. It's one word. And it spoke volumes because, you know, uh, did he have an epiphany? I guess it's possible. But, uh, you know, if I put a percentage on that, I would say well less than 10%. That, to me, was a non-confirmation of confirmation that Jeffrey Lurie said, hey, you you got to change this or... We know what the result would be. We'll change you, right. He agreed to do it. And, you know, it is what it is, but it ain't going to work. That's my early assessment. Um, And, you know, Tim McManus, if you're an Office Space fan, if you've seen the movie Office Space, where um, the consultants come in and, and, and they're downsizing the office and they ask one of the employees, what is it that you do here? <laughs> That's the feeling I got when Tim asked him. So what what do you do? And Nick's like a retired guy. He basically, he said, well, maybe I'll sit in some of the defensive meetings. He's like perusing it. I'm like, what, what is going on here? This is, Jeffrey Lohr's a great owner. I'm not coming off that. Compared, you and I were talking, we got a little late because we're talking before um, we got on the air. When you compare them to the rest of the league, really good, really good. So, I mean, that's all that matters ultimately, how you grade somebody against your peers. He's a really good owner. But, man, he's got a blind spot when it comes to coaching. He really does. He thinks he knows. Yeah, You don't know. Stop it. Stop it. If you're going to hire a guy, hire him to do the job. If you don't think he's doing a good job, fire him and hire somebody else you think will do a good job. But don't don't go this halfway nonsense, and that's what he's doing. And you're going to have a co-head coach of the offense and a co-head coach of the defense and a guy. You got Jason Garrett without the clapping when when Jerry Jones took all his power away down in Dallas. That's what you have. That's what you have. And here's where I came off because you're right. That that's probably the number one takeaway. But the thing that struck me most. Um, because, hey, we've been doing this for weeks. The collapse started. The collapse continued. The collapse worsened. The collapse completely collapsed in the final game, the playoff loss to Tampa. And we all have been speculating ever since. Could the seven-game unbelievable collapse slash rut the Eagles were in outweigh the first two and a half years of Nick Sirianni's tenure? Because the first two and a half years pretty damn good. Take over a team, albeit, yes, a little injured, that won four games the year before, 
Get them above 500. Get them into a playoff game. Yeah, they got dominated in the playoff game, but nobody was believing they were going to make the playoffs anyway. To year two in the Super Bowl, tied with 10 seconds to go. In year three, 10 and one, and two games better than anybody else in the National Football League. Not tied at 10 and one. Not a game ahead at 10 and one. They had one loss when everybody else in the league had at least three. And then comes the collapse. So how he kind of talked about this, uh, trying to do some math. That's four times as many up until that point. And then, uh, yeah. Well, and, you know, it's, it's right. a bad, it, it's a bad look. Yeah. To fire somebody with that uh, winning percentage. And I think that's where the Eagles came down to it at the end of the, so they took away all his power, but kept the coach because he has a good record basically. And I, I got people now. McMullen likes CEO coaches. Now, this isn't a CEO coach. I love CEO coaches. Come on. I mean, use your head. There's two of them in the in, in the championship games this weekend. John Harbaugh, Dan Campbell. They have power. That's the difference. They have power to do what they want to do. Then, I, then I'd love a CEO coach. And you can toggle to wherever there's a problem. And you can make a decision and fix it. Does anybody think that's what's going on here? With Nick Sirianni? Here's, here's the reason why I have trouble believing that, John. They sold it, yes. They sold me. And I, without knowing, and none of us really know, we weren't buying closed doors, so we're all speculating in part. It could be based on knowledge of the people involved, but nobody was sitting in the meetings that they had when they decided, Sean decided needed to be stripped of his defensive play calling responsibilities. I I first took Nick at his word, but then we find out Nick is a blatant liar because he says, we're not making any changes. They tell the players on a Tuesday, they make sure Desai go up and talk to you guys as if he's the defensive coordinator. And then before the end of the week, they say, well, Matt Patricia will be calling plays from here on it. So we know he just blatantly lied to you, me, every other Eagle fan out there. So it certainly puts a question in the trust that you should have from Nick Sirianni from him telling you the truth. I came to the point of believing it was dictated to him, that it wasn't his call, but he being the malleable guy that he is said, okay, you want to put it all on my shoulders? I'll take all the bullets. Well, they sure as hell sold that yesterday. I, I was going to see if there were any cracks in the armor for that story. Nick Sirianni, look, and you were there. Nick Sirianni looked right in the camera, looked right in everybody's eyes and said, that was my call. I went to Jeffrey and, 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 and uh, Howie, and they allowed me to make the move. I did it in the best interest of the football team. No, you did it on a whim. Well, of course you did it on the best interest of the football team. But And then Howie took over and said, uh, it's my job. Uh, when he came to us, when he wanted to change play uh, calling with James Steichen, I'm going to give him all the tools uh, – they sold that, John, and if that's the truth, if Nick Sirianni was at the heart of all of that and it was all his call, that's a fireable offense. You get the results that they got, got worse under Patricia against lesser opponents, you have to be fired when something like that happens. How do they keep him if that's the case? Well, I, it, it, and I would say it's not about last season, right? It's about right now, now. Uh, but yes, I, I said people that want Nick Sirianni fired, I've said that pretty consistently. You should start with the Sean Desai decision, exactly. not the offense. I've said that consistently. That was a disaster of a decision. 
Um, but I'm but when it comes to the power structure, it's different now than it was when he made that decision. Um, and he's had more power stripped from him. And I know I can't impart this to people because they're not there. I can't tell you how emphatic, I can't even come up with a word how emphatic Nick Sirianni was oh, many times, not once, not in front of microphones, behind the microphones, since he's gotten here. This is my offense. It doesn't matter if it's Shane Steichen, Brian Johnson. He, at one point, he said Howie Roseman, Dom DeSandro, and he brought up everybody, Jeffrey Laurie, Julian Laurie, no matter who it is, as long as I am here, this is my offense. That changed. Yeah. That changed yesterday. And he didn't have an epiphany. He didn't have an epiphany. He was ordered. And and forget about Howie. That's Jeffrey. Um, that's that's the problem, and that's where I think it's going to stem from. First of all, you can say since they got here, Jody, just little things. Every time they're together on the dais, Howie Howie Roseman and Nick Sirianni, it's jokes and smiles and giggles like little school children. Yesterday, all business, nothing. He looked like it looked like a hostage video. If I wasn't there, I would have thought somebody Gee. was at, somebody was there with a gun telling Nick to read this. They took away his offense. Now he makes seven million dollars a year. You know, that's a nice gig to sit and retire and say, hey, maybe I'll sit in a defensive meeting. All right. But yeah. If, if, if you're going this far, and I'm speaking di- directly to Jeffrey Lurie, who is a great owner overall, but this is his blind spot. Show the courage of your convictions. Go in a different direction. That's what you're, you're going to do it next year anyway. You might as well get it started because this is the worst thing you can do. Straddle the fence and um, try to say, well, he had a great record, and I don't want this reputation of overreaching. That's basically what it comes down to. Because as you mentioned, when you compare it to the rest of the league, this is a a, a a you know what show. But compared to the rest of the league, which struggles and can't find ways to win, the Eagles are pretty damn good. And they say, Well, how many coaches do we have in our history with a six sixty-seven winning percentage? Can make the playoffs three consecutive years. And I'm gonna fire this guy, I'm gonna look bad. Putting lipstick on a pig, Jody. Yeah, with after yesterday, I think it actually looks worse by keeping the guy. What you did to the guy, what you've asked the guy to do, and again, I'm gonna give Nick Sirianni maybe should get uh, an Oscar because I I had to believe him when he said yesterday that was my decision to fire to, well demote call it what you want but take all the power away from Sean Desai. And that's exactly what Jeff Lloyd did to him. If it wasn't that Nick, and it was all his doing to me. Yeah, and I'm not. I'm, I'm not blaming that one on Jeffrey. I'm blaming that one on Nick. But yesterday, now because things have changed, obviously with Nick, um, now he's gotten power taken away, uh, and he's going to have to fire a bunch of assistant coaches that he doesn't want to fire. That's another thing. He didn't want to fire Brian Johnson. He's going to have to fire, but he's very loyal to his assistants. 
Same yeah, thing as Doug Peterson. If, if we believe he did what he did to Sean Desai, where's the loyalty in that? Um, yeah, I mean, look, it was a mistake. It was a big, it, it was a big mistake. He's not as close to Sean as other guys. Obviously, you've been here for three years. That factors into it as well. Um, you know, he was trying to trying to make a decision, made a bad decision, but that doesn't mean he's not loyal, especially to the offensive guys, less so to the defensive guys for obvious reasons. And and a bunch of them are new, and he doesn't have and he hasn't had a deep seated relationship as he once had with Gannon. Um, so it's a little bit different. But when you start rooting out guys on the offensive side, and I said, you know, the name to keep an eye on was Kevin Petulo. It's pretty clear Kevin's going to be here. So, um, so he's not going to have to fire him. Um, but whether it's Alex Tanney or Aaron Moorhead, Aaron Moorhead's not a Nick Sirianni guy, but he's grown to be around him for three years. Um, and he is loyal to those guys, similar to Doug was with his guys, mainly offensive guys as well. Um, He's a coach's coach from what everyone says and what I've seen. He does not want to fire guys. Do, do you have to fire guys occasionally? Yes, yeah, it's do. part of the industry. I mean, he knows it. He's been fired. He, it, it's, it's a nomadic in, industry. You know that's baked in. Everybody's got a shelf life. You're renting space, as Brandon Graham says. But, yeah, I mean, boy, Jeffrey's – Jeffrey's like a WIP caller with extra zeros at the end of his bank account. That's he's a so good stank- place to be, man. That's he's a good stank- place to be. He, he, he's so emotional when they don't reach the expectations he sets for them. And by the way, his expectations were wrong. Yeah, but he he's emotional to a point, but then he doesn't follow through because – Again, now this is just my opinion, and I don't hold, I don't have those zeros that Jeff has, nor do you, Johnny Mac, nor does Scotty Grayson from Fox 29, who's going to join us coming up in just a couple of minutes. He, he didn't fire Nick. If he was completely ruled by his emotions, you would let a collapse of seven games completely outweigh two and a half years of results. And he didn't. He's well. He's, he's also trying to find uh, that he, middle he is, ground, Johnny he, Mac. He is, yeah. Well, he's trying to straddle the fence. He is yep. a very, very smart man. Um, so he's not, uh, you know. When I say he's emotional about the 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 football, but he's also very smart. So, and as you mentioned, he doesn't want to be seen to his peers. His peers will look at him like you got a coach at six sixty seven, a coach that wins a Super Bowl, and you're firing him. Ooh, you know, so he'll hear that at the owner's meeting. They'll be like, I wish I could have that. And, 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 and Jeffrey, Jeffrey knows that part of it. Um, But yeah, the, and it's interesting because look, it's his team. I always say he can do whatever he wants and, and he should have a big impact on the head coaching hire. Our head coaching hire is about organizational skills. It's about leading people. It's ironic as you go down the the flow chart of the coaching staff, it becomes more technical. It becomes more of, well, who's going to help a offensive lineman like Stoutland become a better player? Who's, who's, who's the good teacher who can teach technique and fundamentals and, and a scheme and offensive scheme. He doesn't have the expertise to do that, but damn, he thinks he does. He thinks well, he does. The the owner basically hires two guys, his general manager and his coach. 
That's mm. it. And then after that, you, the, the the tree just starts to spread out and you have to have faith that the guys you hire are going to hire the right guys. And those hires, that when the people under them are going to hire the right people and put them in place. That's but what those- it should be. That's what it should be. But too often in Philadelphia, when expectations aren't met, people have to pay. And there has to be blame assigned. And it might be at the coordinator level or already has been. It's going to be both this year. It's going to be coordinator level, and you're going to see a bunch of assistants fired as well. Now, part of that is you're bringing in new coordinators. They want their own guys anyway. But sometimes it's just positional coach level, and he has no expertise on that. None. Zero. Um, Other than being around the game for 30 years, which is meaningful. That's like me. I've been around the game for 30 years. Guess what, Jody? I don't have enough hubris to tell you that I can pick a positional coach in the NFL in a consistent basis. Yeah. You got to be smart enough. You're, if you're a true smart guy, you know what you don't know. And you hire somebody who's an expert at that particular uh, subject. All those zeros does add to your level of expertise, or at least that does so in your own mind. All right. Uh, we've got level of expertise joining us next. Sons to zeros. Uh, from Fox 29, their sports director, Scotty Grace, going to jump in with us here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. They're carving them up and good play calling along the way. First and goal at the six. On the field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, 
Then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC <laughs> Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. You got Magamac here with you on Birds 365 and... I didn't even consult. We got the same gray T-shirt on today. Looking good. Uh, again, he's got more zeros than me. He doesn't have Jeff Laurie no. zeros, but the well-dressed. No, but got you do. <laughs> you think? <laughs> You're in the Delaware Valley. He's one of a very small group. Uh, Scott Gray <clears throat> here with us on Birch 365. All right, here's why I want to start with you, Scott, because John and I discussed it in the first segment. Just me and life. I believe that there's a whole bunch of life spent in the gray areas. The society in which we live, and I've been around 60 years now, has got more and more to each end. It's black and white. It's yes or no. Pick a friggin' side and get there and scream and argue and yell to make your point. I still think there's a whole bunch of life that's spent in a gray area in the middle. And people just don't want that to happen. I think the Eagles tried to find the gray area yesterday. That they wanted to keep Nick Sirianni, but strip him of his power and dictate terms and whatever. And I'm a gray area guy, but I think this is one of the areas where you had to get to an end. You had to make a decision. Either you fired the coach or you let the coach continue to coach, not say we're stripping down all your powers and your abilities or whatever. Just we want to be able to shine the light on that 667 winning percentage. But other than that, do as you're told. Did Jeff Laurie and Howie Roseman falsely Find, try and find a spot, a mistakenly try and find a spot in the middle yesterday? You know, I guess we'll find out. Uh, but I, I'm with you. I think there's a lot of gray area here. And what we're trying to do is to fill in that gray area with what we think happened, right? If my question, I guess, well, I'll answer your question with a question. If the whole Doug Peterson thing didn't happen, is Nick still the head coach? I think on the heels of, of, of Doug leaving after what happened here, to do that again after three years would set – who's going to want to come here and coach if that's what you're doing with your coaches? Who's going to want to come here and coach if you're getting rid of guys that, that have the 667 win percentage, that were in the Super Bowl, been in the playoffs all three years? I think Jeffrey was worried about – I think ultimately they were worried about their image longer term and this was how they think they're going to try to solve that. And Nick was willing to play along. That is the other key part yeah. That, yeah. That, that Doug was not willing to do. And, yeah. and so Nick's willing to play along to say, fine, I'll be the rah-rah guy. I'll manage the game with the timeouts and all that, decide when we go for two. But, but other than that, um, yeah, I mean, they've, they've taken and, – and it's interesting to see who they put around him now because now you get the over – Jeff is as a history. Look, the guy wants to win, and I think we all respect that and love that about him as an owner um, in this city. But it when when they try to cut corners, when they you brought in inexperienced coordinators, it it didn't work. 
now it certainly looks like you're going to go get Vic Fangio, who's an experienced guy. He's an older guy. He's been a head coach before. Well, that worked with Doug. You brought in guys that were head coaches before, um, on on at least on on defense, and and that that got you to a Super Bowl victory. Now, it almost looks like if you bring in Fangio, and then let's say who is it on offense? Is it going to be Frank Reich, or is it going to be? I don't see them going with another inexperienced. It's not, gonna, it's not going to be a Nick guy, from everything I heard yesterday. Well, so then that, it's not that's going to be Frank Reich. Yeah. But is it going to be a guy, uh, and, and at least with Vic Fangio, you get a guy, it's almost like you're putting your insurance policy in. If Nick gets off to a bad start, loses the locker room earlier in the year, you've got an interim coach potentially built in. Uh, and that's almost what it looks like they're looking or they're going to do. And I fill it in the gray area, Jody. That's what we're all trying to do today. And I think what happened yeah, was they might um, they might end up with two interim coaches with because it's right. going to be it's going to be Vic on defense. Say it's Arthur Smith on offense. You yep. got two interim coaches ready right. ready I, to take over. Yeah, you see uh, which one's doing. Yeah I, yeah, I I feel like Jeffrey's building in his insurance, but said, okay, listen, Nick, if you're willing to play along to term A B C D E and F, we will keep you here. And in the back of Jeffrey's mind, he's thinking. But I'm going to have my hand on the red button ready to, to blow this thing up uh, if, if come to it. But it's really interesting that he's, you know, you, you think back to, we, you know, I know from myself, watching this collapse and the way it went down is absolutely inexcusable. One thing Jeff can't stand is when he's not building, when this program is not building, when this franchise is not building towards a championship and when there's failure, there are usually repercussions to what you were saying, Jody. And and I think the repercussions are that the coordinators are gone. And, and it was, Nick, this is what you will do in order to stay in your position. And so that's where we're at. And I think, you know, I, I, it's interesting. I really expected that Nick was going to be fired. I thought he was just because that kind of an epic historic collapse. So what it tells me, again, filling in the gray area is after talking to the players, he heard enough of guys that want to play for him um, to, to say, okay, here's the way that we'll let Nick stay. I don't, you know, Jason Kelsey for better or for worse. And, you know, I evidently I'm being mean to the five billionaire. Uh, sorry, Jeffrey, uh, people hear what they want to hear. I, 95% of Jeffrey Lurie is great, great owner. Um, but this is his one blind spot. If that's being mean, to the five billionaire that's being mean to the five billion. Anyway, um, you know, Jason Kelsey spoke pretty eloquently about, uh, he was asked about, hey, does Jeff Lurie ever tap into you? He's like, no, <laughs> this is Jason Kelsey. He ain't talking to players. I mean, this is the guy making decisions, these big decisions, certainly. And by the way, he should. Uh, nobody's saying he shouldn't. When it comes to the head coach, but don't blame it on – he's not talking to anybody. Don't even blame it on Howie. This is a Jeffrey Lurie decision, and he straddled the fence. I'm not it, making grandiose saying it, it might be successful. I doubt it. It's always about personnel. That didn't change yesterday. It's not going to change tomorrow. It's not going to – if they get good players, they're going to be able to win games. Um, but this is his decision. And it strikes me as one that is exactly that, straddling the fence. So pick a side. That's all. Yeah, if, I heard. If, I heard. 
I heard your comments, John, before the break, and I thought you were spot on um, with the whole straddling the fence comment and about, you know, really not picking a side and going forward with that. I think he finds and, and what you brought up about the owners and going in when he hears from other owners. Oh, I'd love to have that guy who's done, you know, you put that resume in front without all the, the emotions, right? The resume of what Nick has done is impressive. Yeah. And yeah. if somebody told you three years ago, this is what he will do here. You would go, wow, they hit a gold mine. But the way that it happened is just so unforgivable, isn't it? I mean, that yeah, was and, bad. And, and, I, I, I got to Tampa, Scott, and I said, there's no way. I, everybody was saying, is Nick going to lose his job? I, I said, no way. No, not even, no shot. Then they played the game, and I was like, oh, well, <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe, uh, Maybe I have to rethink that position. It was bad. I'm not, I'm not, and, and Nick said it was bad. And nobody's trying to deflect from that. And if he would have fired him, I would have disagreed with it. But I, I wouldn't have said it, it, it was crazy after that, that, that performance. Um, so it's not like I, I, I think he's totally out of left field by, debating but i think this is the worst decision you can come to by saying you either say you know what he deserved it because of what he is that that resume you were talking about scott or the collapse was so epic i i gotta move on i mean it was that bad but he chose the opposite as jody said he's he stood in the gray air sometimes that's good i'm a big yeah. context guy oh well so it's I. something that, yeah. i guess if you if you look at it, right, as, as human beings, we all try to evolve in some way. We learn from previous experiences, right? Maybe this is what Jeff felt he needed. He has not done this before, right? He's always had that that reaction, right? Get rid of Chip Kelly. Um, do it my way or hit the highway, Doug, and Doug did. Uh, is this different? Is this an, an adaptation? I, but I see from his out? perspective, Scott, I would say it's exactly the same as Doug. And the difference is the coach, Doug, said no. True. Nick said yes. That's the only difference. So That's he's true. doing the same thing. That's true. Um, and Man. and you, you know, forcing the coaches. You know, when people are talking about Belichick and and you had mentioned, well, you have to be careful because nobody's going to want to come here. Well, no, nobody with options. They don't want anybody with options. Jim Harbaugh, because he'll he'll come with cachet and want power. They want right. the next Nick Sirianni. Who's who's going to go along to get along? And maybe they didn't see the next Nick Sirianni out there. Maybe, maybe they went through all the top getting. Yeah, we don't have another Nick Sirianni out here, so we better keep the Nick Sirianni we have. Hopefully, he'll agree to everything we want to do, and that's the way it shook out. All right, here's a question for both you guys because you're there, you get to see the players, talk to the players. This was one thing that really grabbed my attention yesterday, and how he made this point, even though. I think Howie's a little perturbed that most of the questions were for Nick. He jumped in at one point. I'll take this one. <laughs> it was a Nick position. That was he, Howie cut me off. Did take a softball <laughs> from certain someone. Uh, go ahead. Whatever it was. Uh, one thing that Howie did say that got, certainly got my attention was that, yeah, they talk to the players, but all they're doing is gathering information. Don't kid yourself. This is us. This is on me. This is on Nick. The players are here, and we have the exit interviews, but 
we're just gathering information. We really don't take what the players are saying into consideration in major moves we're going to make. If you're a player, if you're uh, uh, Britton Covey, although, man, he made some news this week. Uh, maybe he's a bad choice for me to use as an example. But you're, you're not a star player. You're a role player. You're a special teams player. And they, well, what do you think about this? And, all right, they're going to ask you, and they're not going to be taking copious notes on what you say. But if you are Fletcher Cox, if you are Hassan Reddick, if you are Devontae Smith, if you are Dallas Goddard, if you are Lane Johnson, you're just being used for informational purposes that your position, your opinion doesn't carry a whole hell of a lot of weight. That's what I came away from what Howie Roseman said yesterday. We make these decisions ourselves. Yeah, we'll ask the players their opinions and we'll note it, but don't get this is all on us. I don't know if he was trying to take a bullet or if he was trying to flex on us and tell it's all about me. What did you make? And you guys are around the players. What do you think the players made of that statement? Did I did, did I give too much import to that? I, I, you want me to go first, John? Yeah, yeah. I, uh-huh. I, I think I think Howie likes to try to flex, and and he doesn't always land it. <laughs> and and I, I think I think he tries to make himself out to be look. He's got he's an important guy. He's got a very important role in the organization. I think there are times, like you said, he jumped in and said, I want this, or, or he tries to make and take the spotlight. Now, whether it's because he thinks he wants to be the one to take the bullet for whatever, because it's fine, point the finger at me, and he thinks he's doing the upstanding job, I just don't always think he lands uh, on both feet well. Um, and and so I I guess where I'm at is, you know, these, these players stay here. They continue to play here. They they love playing here. The, the Jason Kelsey's, the Lane Johnson's. I don't think they're bothered by it. I think when they feel like they need to be heard, they are heard with these core players, that they are heard to a certain extent. A lot of what they want, though, is related to, I think, things that the head coach gives them. Yeah. Um, the practices, the later practices, the, the taking care of their bodies a little better and that kind of – so I think a lot of – I don't know how much of what they say to Howie, if they say much to him, is actually something they they are really expecting to land, you know, well. Yeah. I just think Howie's not the best communicator. I think he tries to make himself out to be some sort of a, you know, a power guy. Um, and, and look, after what's happened to him with Chip and all that, I can't say I blame him, but I just don't think his communication and his – what he says always lands well, and I think that's partly what happened yesterday. Yeah, I think Scott hit it right on the head. It's big with the coaching staff. It's big with the head coach, that communication. Um, Some with Howie, lesser, um, but some, very little, as I mentioned with Jason Kelsey, who's, you know, the guy in this organization besides the quarterback. And he flat out said, no, Jeffrey's not running stuff by me. I mean, you know, the the communication is there is, how you doing, Mr. Laurie? And, you know, I hope you're doing well. There's, yeah, but that's not different than anywhere else either. Um, and Jalen Hurts said it after the season. Sometimes the quarterback has that kind of important, depending on who the quarterback is um, and where they are. And and Jalen's mindset is, you know, and he said it, players play, coaches coach, owners own. You know, you know I don't even know if he wants to crave meetings with Jeffrey Lurie. Um, but yeah, I, I think Scott hit it on the head. It's, it's basically, um, 
very important with the head coach, a little bit with the GM, uh, but very little with the owner. All right, so and here's that, my question to both of you again. If that's the case, it's important with the coach. How does Nick Sirianni run the room now? John McMullen, Jody McDonald, to a lesser extent, Scott Grayson, all said here today, he's been neutered. He just doesn't have the gravitas and the power that he did before. He's coming in as a neutered coach. How does he command that room? How does well, he get the attention and the respect of those guys if they're smart enough to figure out, yeah, coach, what, what are you doing? You're getting sandwiches for us today? Uh, you're not running the offense. You're not running the defense. You're not running the special teams. Maybe you want to get me a Ruben coach. How, how does he? How does he take command of the room now? I, I guess, frankly, that's going to be what is going to be fascinating to watch. Is he is a good? I think he is a good speaker. I think he does do a good job of presenting things to the team, big picture, and that's going to be what he's got to do. But nobody's take make no bones about it. Look, nobody's taking this offensive coordinator job unless they believe they're going to get to run. And they're told by Jeff and Howie they will run their offense the way they want. Which Nick said they were. Basically. He did. Yeah. He did. And 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 that is going to be inter- That's going to be the most humbling thing for Nick. I think is to suddenly oh, yeah. not be able to. You know. He's going to, I'm sure, say, well, what about doing this and what about – and I hope he does. I think some of the best things that happen in sports are when one thing is evolved a little bit with something else. We saw too much of Nick's offense is not going to be a good thing. But maybe a little bit here and there blended with the right mind could be a good thing. And I think that's where Nick's going to try to find his niche. Um, I think he's got – I will be curious to see what the relationship is like with the players that come back and who's here and, and what they do in the off season and how they behave behind the scenes. And that's stuff we don't really get to see a lot of. I think Nick's best role is, is going to be just to try to be, you know, if he can show that he's got good grasp of the game and a good decision-making process on the sidelines, when to take timeouts, when not to, when to take go for two, when not, then I think he'll have the back. If the, you know, if he's able to manage all that stuff, well, these players will play for him. They want to win, but how will he be able to check yeah. the ego behind the scenes, you know, Monday through Saturday? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, what that, that to me is, you know, Jody McDonald, Scott Grayson, see it. I see it. Do they think other people don't see it that, um, and I'm talking about Jeffrey and Howie specifically. And you talked about coaches like coaches, Arthur Smith, if he has options, why would he choose Philadelphia with a whatever you want to call it? Jody likes hot seat. I'll use hot seat. The coach is obviously on the hot seat. He's obviously coaching for his job, and he can't even coach for his job. He's got to coach for his job, but he can't coach for his job. That's got to be frustrating from well, his standpoint. Well, I, I think the appeal is like we were talking about. You come in here if you feel like you're ready for another head coaching hour. You know, a head coach. You're coming in here. With the caveat that if things aren't going well, <clears throat> I'm putting myself right near the front of the line to take over. Yeah. Well, yeah, you you do have a head start, but you also have the realization that odds are you're not going to win the Super Bowl. He was out. Odds are you're not going to have a 667 winning percentage. He was out. So what's your what's your shelf life? Um, if you have options. If you have other options, that's what I'm talking about. You're always there's only 32 of these things. Everybody, right. Carolina's going to get a head coach. Worst organization in the NFL. They're going to get a head coach, 
because somebody's going to strive to take that opportunity. But for guys who have options, the hot candidates, the guys, the Jim Harbaugh's, they, they don't they don't want any part of this. Any well, and Jeff, this. but Jeff has never shown the history of hiring that kind right. of coach. Well, yeah, exactly. That's even why. Andy Reid was not that kind of coach. No, no, not at all, not at all. Um, but that's and, how you and have oh, to. By go. the way, if Arthur Smith is offered the job here, he's going to take it because, as Scotty said, you're next in line. You're, you're right there. If you get out two and six because the defense stinks. And the offense is okay, but it gets Nick Sirianni well, fired. It's a good chance you're going to get the gig because they're not going to uh, elevate Vic Fangio if the defense. If last year's next year's team looks like the end of this year's team and the defense is falling apart at the scene, well, they're going to give the offensive guy the gig. So you're going to get a half a year to my, show my in, early in a non-pressured position that you're the interim guy and you approve the team. My of early he's pre- going to come here. The, my early prediction: people are saying I'm making too many declarative statements. Here's my declarative prediction of the Eagles 2024 season. The Eagles fans will hate Vic Fangio by week seven. Oh, seven? You think it'll wait till seven? I yeah. think it'll be I'm quicker him, than that. I'm giving him, I'm giving him You're credit. you giving him seven week weeks? Seven. Yeah, Just week seven. So, going back to the offensive coordinator, my whole thing is I don't think it's going to be hard to find one because when you tell that person, look, we've got, J- we've got a Jalen Hurts, an A.J. Brown, a Devontae Smith, a Dallas Goddard, a Jordan Mailata and Elaine Johnson as your tackles. Uh, who's not going to want to try to impose their offensive system with that kind of talent? Somebody who's got options. Um, what that's, options are better, I'm, John? Who's got better options? What other I'm, offensive coordinator positions remember, are you going? And I, I'm, the Eagles. I'm just using Arthur um, as an example because right. for whatever reason – People think he's a great offensive coach, even though he wasn't that great in Atlanta, even though they had terrific options, by the way, as skill position players. Um, it, it, if he does, and I don't know, people could overblow. He might not have options. He just got off being fired in Atlanta. Does, you know, it's a nomadic profession. Does he want to, uh, uh, I don't know, his family situation. I don't know any of that. I'm just saying that the real world aspect plays into it. I think that part of it is something people miss. And Nick kind of talked about it with the assistant coaches a little bit. Um, these guys are always packing up. They are, are their kids going to like the assistants right now? They know they're going to get fired, but they don't know completely. Do you put, do you keep your kids in school? Do you move your kids? Do you do a bunch of crazy things they have to deal with? It, it, you know, having a, a settled and at least, um, somewhat settled situation in a nomadic profession can be important. Right now the Eagles are are signaling to the rest of the league we're we're going to make some changes. We're going to we're going to blame people. That's how I say. If you do not make expectations, Scott Grayson, we are going to blame you. That's basically what they have said to every coach in this league. And as an offensive guy, if I were an offensive guy, though, I mean, you know, I, I guess you have to have the right personality. For me, I, I look at, well, I have an opportunity with that offensive roster. I really need to, I like, how can I not make that work? If I truly believe in my system, right, and if and I feel like the pieces match well, you go, even if it looks like there could be some some uncertainty above you. If you go and you do your good job, you're going to have, all kinds of opportunities, maybe one there, 
maybe a plenty in other places, but you will have built your credibility a little higher. Isn't that the goal? Even though it is a nomadic profession, every time these guys take a job, they take it thinking they're going to come out the other side better than when they came in. Well, I would say look at Nick Sirianni and Brian Johnson. You know, they're 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 all of a sudden morons because they can't produce with all those players you just rattled off, and they're all of a sudden. And, and then and then there's the larger, coaches. and then the larger question is why, yeah. and that goes to everything that that has been out there about what it's like to work with Jalen and what did he do and did these guys improvise too much, uh, like AJ Brown said about the play in Seattle? Did they do things too much off? you know, on their own. What's, so what do you need to get to get Jalen in line? Yeah, you know, what? It, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of things. You talk about gray area, Jody. There you are. I mean, we're yeah. back in a whole bunch of gray well, area. There, I, I, I guarantee one thing. They will get an offensive coordinator. <laughs> yeah, and, and oh, by the way, the guy who actually interviewed, I wonder if he interviewed before or after you guys got a chance to talk to Howie and Nick because they were late. Shockingly, they were late for yeah. their own called press conference time. But Jared Johnson, who, yeah, I do remember when he was on the Eagles back in 2011 for Dream Team. <laughs> dream Team. Uh, was that the Dream Team team? Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it, just look at this nomadic life, to use your phrase, John. Eagles went to the Steelers for a year, went to the Seahawks practice squad on off, went to the Bears, went to the Ravens, went to the Cowboys, never really made a name for himself in any of those stops, but he's with six different teams. All right, let's get into coaching. He goes from the 49ers to the Vikings to the Colts and this past year the quarterback coach for the Texas, uh, Houston Texas. This guy better get a discount from you all because he's moving every 20 minutes. Yeah, That's what you yeah. sign up for. If you're going to be a coach, let's player. Well, all right, your first round draft pick, yeah, there's a good chance you're going to be staying with them. You're going to move once in your career. But if not, that's the life you chose. You know that that's going to be the case. So, uh, again, the people just say, oh, why would you hire this guy? You're only going to turn around and lose him. That's the game. Good guys get up and go. Yes, you lose guys. From that, the Eagles did very well. Would you rather have not gone to the Super Bowl and just kept? Shane Steichen and, and Jonathan Gannon. Well, I think and, some but, people like would say yes. Nine? Yeah. Some Ridiculous. people would say yes. But uh, no, I, I mean, again, I'm talking about people in a certain situation. And and that's not a guy the Eagles are looking for, obviously. I mean, he's got very little experience. He was an assistant quarterbacks coach two years ago. Finally got a positional coach job in Houston. Now, C.J. Stroud, so obviously he's a He's ascending because of how well he's played. But this this team very clearly wants somebody with experience. And so, well, yeah. The Kingsbury interview, it, 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 it was a little weird, wasn't it? I don't think so. No? You think no. he's the right guy? I don't know if he's the right guy, but he, he worked with Lincoln Riley. How he likes Lincoln Riley. I'm already looking at 2025 and looking at Lincoln Riley because he's going to get the hell out of college football like everybody's getting the hell out of college football. Um, and how he has so much respect for Lincoln Riley. Um, and, and Clip worked with him. I'm sure he gave him the nod, the push. Um, so I'm not surprised the Eagles are interviewing him. Would I be surprised they hired him? No. Yeah, I guess that's what I was going at. Um, uh, no, I, no I he's an RPO with... guy. He's so that works in with Jalen. Um, he's 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 worked with players like that before. 
He's had some success. Um, he's got experience. He's built offenses. He's got everything. He checks every box for what they want. Let, let, me, let me challenge you on that, John. He's had some success. Where? Well, he's his offenses. I mean, as a head coach, what do you talk about? You know, his offenses were pretty good in college. Now, his defenses might have been worse than his offenses were good. But he's not being hired to be the head coach. He's being hired to build an offense. So, and obviously the I think people forget when they got off to whatever they were nine and zero or nine and one the one year, yeah, and the then they kind of lose a game nine and zero. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he had some success with Kyler Murray at the pro level. Um, so let's 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 hire a new offense coordinator who did the same thing Nick Sirianni did this year. Got off to a fast start and cratered badly. That just doesn't well, make any sense to me. Well, he's the head coach. He's being hired again. We're looking at the offensive part of the picture, and the Cardinals were pretty good offensively. Kyler Murray, look at the year he had. Pretty stinking good. So, again, it's scaled back. He's not the head coach. He's the offense, offensive coordinator. Obviously, college, he turned Johnny Manziel into a Heisman Trophy winner. I mean, none of us knew what – the train wreck of Johnny Mansell was back then, but he, he turned him into Heisman trophy winner, Patrick Mahomes. You know, people will say, well, he couldn't win with Patrick Mahomes. Well, he turned Patrick Mahomes into a top 10 pick. Um, so he's had some success from an offensive perspective. Um, but my, my question to you, if, and I've heard a lot of people, not just you, Jody, and, Maybe I'm being too harsh here, I, but I've heard a lot of people shit on Cliff Kingsbury. Oh, I got what, no problem shitting on him. What? All right. So, what? 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 So, who's who's great of the encompassing talent of all? Arthur Smith. I, think about Arthur Smith in Philadelphia, right? He got a lot of criticism for not getting Bijan Robinson. Can you imagine? We almost renamed this show last spring, Scott, Bijan 365. Just so <laughs> you got to get Bijan. Bijan's so unique. Bijan's got to catch the ball. He's like a third. Arthur Smith couldn't figure out how to use him. He was the second best running back on Atlanta. Well, they had, when they got Kyle Pitts, when they got Kyle Pitts, the whole talk was, you know, they got one of the best up-and-coming tight ends, and he's not really evolved well no. either. Yeah. So who's out there that's so much better than Cliff Kingsbury? Well, let me. Here's a uh, procedural question for you, if you know the answer, John or Scotty. Jump in there. Um, did Buffalo make Joe Brady the official offensive coordinator yet, or is he still the interim offensive? Coordinator? I believe he's interim. He's he's had some interviews, so yeah, he's still interim. I I I blow him away with an offer, the way that the Dolphins did Fangio last year. Just offered, but well, I'm Hardy. not giving him four and a half million. He's got no zeros that he could do it if he wanted well, to. Well, he could, yeah. Matt and I. Yeah. But why would, Joe, or, or, why would yeah. Joe Brady be the highest paid coordinator in the history of football? Uh, no, I'm not going there. You could probably get him. You could, you <laughs> could have Cliff Kingsbury for half the price. I'll overpay for Brady before <laughs> I'll pay for Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. That. I don't think, A, you don't need to do it to make him the highest paid off. Look, if that's your guy, that's your guy. I mean, I don't know. Ask me for a guy. I gave you a guy. Well, I'm just arguing the salary part of it. I don't think you need to go that far. 
uh, to make him the highest I, I need them. I think they need to get a guy who is going to get through to Jalen. The, the, the amount of receivers he misses um, that are open that he just doesn't see, that's got to be fixed. Um, now, some of the play designs last year were, I, I mean, they were getting blitzed and they had no answers for it. That's not on Jalen. But um, there's times that I, you just see Jalen take his eyes off downfield and he worries about the rush instead of stepping up and delivering a ball out on time. Or Somebody's got to get through to Jalen, and that's who the person that, that whoever it is, as offensive coordinator, I think one of the top qualities needs to be somebody who will get through to him and that Jalen will respect and listen to. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, the biggest part is getting Jalen back on track. But whomever the offensive coordinator is. Um, uh, um, yeah. Uh, I And by the way, we, we've had so much talk, Scott. It's good you went there about the coaching staff for obvious reasons. I mean, that's what it's all about right now. But the, the quarterback is kind of skating underneath this. I mean, a lot of it's a lot of these offensive problems, if it makes you feel better, blame it on Nick, blame it on Brian, but a lot go on the shoulders of the quarterback. You mentioned the imp, 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 improvisation in Seattle. Guess what? Not necessarily a bad decision throwing the football down the field to A.J. Brown in that situation. If you look off the safety, if you execute the throw, that was the problem. And and the blitz beaters and people talk about, well, the sight adjustment is a sight adjustment. That means the wide receiver sees what's going on. The quarterback sees what's going on. They're on the same page. They do it on the field and you make an adjustment. Why is Jalen Hurts skating through all this? I think it's a fair question. And I, I, you know, he does have this quality of him that is so likable, right? We saw it and everybody loved and raved about it last year in the Super Bowl run that he's, you know, he's a leader. He's stoic. He's never too high. He's never too low. Well, I mean, when, when the ship is sinking, you almost want somebody to stand up and scream a little bit that, that's in charge. And, and he's that guy that is in charge. He's the face of the team. They made him that. They paid him that way. And he didn't do that. That's not him. That's not who he is. I get it. But when you look at Jalen as a player, and, and I really I'm still waiting, John. I and and I'm waiting to hear that he had some sort of surgical procedure done on his knee. It's possible. Um, uh, because he he did not have we all saw it. He did not have one of his top tools in his kit available to him, which is the burst in his leg. We, and look what it did for him last year with the RPO. That's fine, but when he doesn't have it, he's got to compensate in some other way. He was unable to do that. That's where the growth needs to occur. And now next year, you want to believe he's going to have that tool back in his bag, at least at the beginning of the year. And the running part of his game will be there. Without that, he was limited. And 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 so you have to – and if Jalen's a competitor, we all believe he is, that's going to bother him. And he's got to study some film. He's got to look at things he missed. He's got to learn from that and try to train himself to see those things. This guy seems like he's built that way. But you're right, John. Why is he skating by with without being blamed for some of the ineptitude of what occurred? That safety should have never oh, happened. Yeah. That have, that's on Jalen wholeheartedly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he I, never got blamed for it all that much. I could give you 250 million reasons why he's not being blamed. Uh, <laughs> that kind of locked into him. They're not moving off him. 
anytime soon. And that's, I said earlier before you came on, Scott, I, I, either Nick should. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Triani is Oscar worthy or I misinterpreted the situation. He apparently made the decision on Sean Desai. I had talked myself into he was dictated to on that. But man, did they sell that yesterday. And I'm still not 100% sure, but the needle moved from one side to the other for me. The other question I'd like answered is, who before the year started decided Jalen was going to run less? Was it Jalen? Was it Nick Sirianni? Was it the owner who wrote the $250 million contract and signed at the bottom of it? Because he just didn't. It's now done. It's in the rearview mirror. He did not run like he did the year before. Whose idea? Who started that ball rolling? Was it the team? Was it Jalen himself? Was it something that just about? I'd really love to know the answer to that question. Because I do believe that's what happened with the Eagle offense here in the second half of the season. They're just not as indefensible if they don't have a plus one quarterback. Well, and not only uh, can I uh, drop it, I gotta, I gotta say real quick. Adam Schefter reporting, uh, Big Fangio's on his way to Philadelphia to sign the contract. He will be the Eagles' new defensive coordinator. I guess it wasn't much of a negotiation. They got it done on the phone in twenty minutes. Tampering's fun, but it works for your team. But uh, we'll we'll, uh, I, yeah, I'm interested to see because Miami was like, all right, go ahead, take him. <laughs> you know, I'm interested to, to see what kind of contract because I can't believe the Eagles are giving a four and a half million dollars, but we'll see. Well, well see. Uh, yeah, I did see some of the. You know, he's got family up in Scranton. Yeah, part of the yeah. part of the part of the payment is to come closer to home. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So but, I hope uh, they're getting. I hope they're getting a hometown discount. Yeah, but uh, getting back to your question, Jody, I, I I think it's a good question. And um, it, it certainly bears uh, interest. I mean, it, it's funny how running quarterbacks – quarterbacks hate to be labeled as a running quarterback, right? So was that bothering Jalen? Was that bothering him and he said, I'm going to throw more and made that decision. Uh, I will run less and save my knees and try to – which ultimately didn't matter. He still took an injury. Uh was it Brian John? I just don't think Brian Johnson pushed back on Jalen because of their relationship and their history. And that's why, you know, that's why you just don't know what any gray area again, right? We're here trying to fill the space. I, I don't know. I think it's a good question and it's going to be interesting again to see what this new offensive coordinator will do with Jalen, how they will handle him and how they will get him back and, 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 and learning and trajectory. He's still got a lot to learn. Uh, that that he can build on, which is why you look at it and you go, "Hey, man, that ceiling is way up here." Hopefully but can he get there? Ceiling is yet to be achieved. Scotty Grace, we kept a full half hour. Thank you very much for jumping in with us today. Always appreciated, and I love the t-shirt. You're you're looking good, yeah, buddy. Yeah. There you go. I'm with you. <laughs> That's Scott. Thanks, Grayson. buddy. Appreciate S Grayson Box Twenty Nine. Take care, guys. Twitter X. Thanks, Scott. He's Scott Grayson. All right, he's uh, McMullen on McDonald. Uh, coming up in less than 20 minutes now, as a matter of fact, we'll talk to our buddy.
Chris Franklin uh, from NJ.com and get his take on what went down at the NovaCare Complex yesterday. Birds fans, here's your chance to save up to 40% on your car insurance. And you can do that right now from one of Jacob Sports' great partners. Here's what you need to do. Call managing partner Jim or Fran and tell them you're a friend of Jacob Sports and Birds 365. My name is uh, Fran Solano. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. Professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first. <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust. Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their fantasy pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday, watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles 
Mega Mac here on Birds 365. McMullen and McDonald hanging around less than an hour to play. Um, Chris Franklin in about 10, 12 minutes from now. During the time we had Scott Grayson on, John jumped in and said, as per Adam Schefter, it's a done deal. Vic Fangio, next defensive corner, Philadelphia Eagles. So it came down yesterday in the afternoon after the late starting Eagles media gathering began, Howie Roseman and uh, Nick Sirianni, that Vic Fangio had parted ways with the Miami Dolphins was the first time it was reported. So it was approximately 2.30, quarter to three yesterday when this came down. It's 9.10 right now, and it's already being reported that Vic Fangio is the new defensive coordinator at Philadelphia Eagles. So he separates from the Miami Dolphins, and he's the new coordinator of the Eagles in 21 hours? Is that what we're supposed to be led to believe, that this all came together magically and all the dominoes just fell into place and it's a done deal. You did say last segment, I'm not disagreeing with you. Uh, there may have been some tampering going on here that conversations that were had no, weren't no. supposed to be had. No, no. Is there going to be any investigation? No. Now, the, you can just track back what's happened. If Angel went to them and said, listen, I'm not sure I'm happy here, but I might want to go closer to my family. The Dolphins' response were, oh, you want to walk away? We get off the the the, the teed of paying you the most of any coordinator in football? Vic, if you got to go home, you got to go home. They wish you the best. Of, did they just let him walk out the door? Is there going to be an investigation that no. the Eagles – uh, we're no, I, with I, someone I, under contract. No, um, a because you know tampering, and I'm being tongue in cheek mainly because fans were so upset with the Gannon stuff. All the Gannon stuff was a timing issue. Monty Osenfort making mistake. Uh, so, but that they violated, they legitimately violated a league rule. Um, oh, in this, if, instance, if you believe that the Eagles talked to Vic Fangio, they legitimately you're allowed to go, he's under contract. The, you're allowed to talk to people, you're allowed to have conversations. Well, why to, couldn't Vic Fangio talk to Jonathan Gannon or uh, Maniana Forth talk to Jonathan Gannon? What's the difference? Because it's a league, it's a league rule that you can't talk to assistant coaches in that particular in Super Bowl assistant coaches, by the way. Again, there were a bunch of things. It's I don't want to get too far in the weeds, but you could have second interviews in the week off for the Super Bowl. So Shane Steichen had already interviewed with the Colts, so the Colts were allowed to talk to Shane Steichen that week. The Cardinals, because Monty got the job so late, he got the GM job so late, he didn't put in an original request to, to interview Jonathan Gannon. And he contacted him to congratulate him for winning the NFC championship game and said, basically, look, we're going to be interested in hiring you. Would you be interested in interviewing? And Gannon claims that that was, um, you know, he he didn't think much about it. He got back to focusing on on the Super Bowl, yada, yada, yada. But there is a strict rule that you can't do it. So by law, and Monty admitted this, he made a mistake. He broke the rule, and that's why the Eagles were able to gain draft capital. In this instance, 
you know, you can pick up the phone. I always say Nick Sirianni talks to Frank Reich all the time when he was the head coach in Indianapolis, when he was the head coach in Carolina. People are friends. They talk and they talk about things. There's no way you can control that part of it. Everybody knows the Eagles wanted Vic. Everybody knows Vic would have preferred to stay here. He's a big Billy's fan, yada, yada, yada. Um, Timing didn't work out. By the way, Adam Schefter finally confirmed that yesterday. Thank you, Adam. Um, Let me read the tweet from Adam. I got to look that up. Finally confirmed the timing didn't work out from Adam Schefter. So you can finally believe it. Um, In this particular instance, I, I honestly believe, and I know, and I'll be talking to Danae, I know I'm pretty close with a couple guys who cover the Dolphins. Brandon Staley's available. Mike McDaniel would rather have Brandon Staley. Now, we'll see if that shakes out the way I think it's going to shake out. So they're probably like, you know what? Let's get off the hook. We don't care. So they're not going to push it, number one, uh, because I legitimately think they don't care. Um, And the Eagles that get their guy, probably for less money, I can't believe they're going to pay him $4.5 million. He'll have a nice salary, don't get me wrong, but... They're not going to pay him that. And everybody's happy. And every everything's copacetic. Now, the bigger issue to me is, again, I've said this consistently, I think everybody's caught up to this defense. And by the way, Vic... You, you, have, you have moved off that, John. You've been on that for a year and change now. And you haven't moved one iota. And, and by the way, Vic himself talked about it last year when he got to Miami. He was saying, yeah, maybe it's time I, I have to change some things up. So maybe that's a positive. And at the end of the day, at least you have the guy running the defense instead of the copycats. So that's a positive. Uh, But yeah, I think I was hoping the Eagles would get away from that defensive scheme. As you know, I'm I'm not going to change that, uh, but at least they got the best, uh, the best one. He'll run it the best. I mean, nobody knows it better than him, but I think people have caught up to it. Yeah. Um, maybe I didn't make myself clear. Oh, I believe there was tampering. Will it ever be proved? Will it ever be investigated? Maybe not. There's a reason why we found out about the mistake that Monty Austin Ford made because the Eagles bitched about it and said, Hey, he tampered. And the NFL investigated and said, They did. So, yeah, we're going to throw you a draft pick or movement in a draft round or whatever. There's a good chance this never gets proved and/or investigated because. Both parties are cool with it. It doesn't mean it didn't happen. As no, I, uh, here, obviously. I believe the Eagles tampered. You can't tell me they got the deal done for Fangio to be the defense quarter in 20 No, years. I'm not telling you that. Obviously, there was contact. So I, But what I was trying to say is nobody cares. It's not that big of a deal. It happens all the time. The Dolphins. No, wait, 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 wait. Time out. No, it doesn't happen all that. When does a guy walk away from a job and have another job in 20 hours? No, I'm, t- I'm talking tampering. Guys talking to people inside, not uh, this particular situation. Tampering this per- that leads to one guy leaving an organization. This parta- I'm saying another. there's tampering all the time. This okay. particular situation, like free agency, there's all kinds of tampering. They call it legal tampering now. <laughs> Um, there's all, you know, once you get to the, the, the combine, there's all kinds of tampering all over the place, by the way, not only with, uh, players and, 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 and coaches as well, and how you're trying to manipulate things that way. So there's all kinds of tampering that goes on in the NFL when nobody cares, it's not that big of a deal. 
And in this particular instance, nobody cares, so it's not going to be that big of a deal. You could farther this back further. The Eagles interviewed Ron Rivera and Mike Caldwell. Why did they do that? Rooney rule candidates. So they already had that out of the way. So they can immediately jump. So this is going back days. Yeah, they tamper. Oh, no question about it. But nobody cares, so it's not going to amount to anything. Yeah, it won't, it won't amount to anything. You're right. But those who think that it wasn't tampering, come on. The, the facts just tell you that that was the case. Will it? Will they pay a price for it? Probably not. They're probably just going to move on with Vic Fangio. And yeah, I'm very interested to see what kind of contract he gets. It, again, no skin off my nose. It's money out of no, Jeffrey Lloyd's pocket, it, and yeah. he can pay anything. So it isn't like, oh, my God, because they gave Vic Fangio four and a half million dollars, they're not going to be able to sign a better backup linebacker next year. No, one thing has nothing to do with the other. If they're enamored with him enough all, and believe the godfather of the defense boy, is what they I, have to have, you pay what you pay. For all the people that thought he was the savior. Um, yeah, you got your savior yeah, one year you later. Savior. Savior's coming to town. You got your savior. So good luck with it. Don't, don't know if it's going to work, because, John, I give you credit. You have been consistent. The Fangio defense has been figured out. That has been the McMullen mantra for sneaking up on two years now. Even with when Gannon was here, who you went to bat for, I went to bat for, too. It, we still said, is the NFL not figuring the Fangio thing out? At one time, it was new, it was hot, and people didn't have answers for it. But the longer it goes on, the more copycats you get, yeah, people figure out how to actually beat it. And are the Eagles getting onto the train when it's already left the station? That's a legitimate question that we will ask going forward next year. So we know who the defensive coordinator is going to be. Who's the offensive coordinator going to be? Uh, we get Chris Franklin up here, get his take on this yesterday's press conference. An interesting time to be an Eagles fan. We appreciate you streaming in here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the stakes and the stakes, go to get your parlay on, go to get your party on, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean, visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.
Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. You got Mac here on Birds 365, and we got our guy, Chris Franklin, jumping in with us, MrNJ.com. Who's going hoodie today? Is that a hoodie you got on? Yeah, yeah going, hoodie. going. Yeah, 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 go make, hoodie. Make, you make know. my day. Uh-huh. Flip, flip the hoodie up. Let me, let well, me yeah, see you. We're, we're That's pretty on good. You look like we're, Belichick. You and Bill we're, Belichick. We're on a, <laughs> we're on a, we're on a Vic Fangio. Boy, that that came together quickly, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. I had to try. You know, the, 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 something about the hoodie makes you feel sully and yeah. hate offense and everything else. So, yeah, why not? You yeah. pulled it off, bud. Now, I got to tell you, you, you look very Belichickian right there. Very good. Um, Thank you. Yeah, Vic, Vic Fangio. That took about 20 minutes uh, from the time he walked out of Miami and became the defense coordinator of the Philadelphia Eagles. They're getting a guy that they've, and it's so funny, after a day that Nick Sirianni has been neutered, he was so outspoken about sticking with the type of defense that they had, and that's why they hired Sean Desai, because they wanted to continue to be that same type of Fangio defense. Now they get the godfather of it all, is, does this speak to where Nick Sirianni is at with his power base? What Does it more hammer home the point that Nick is just along for like dressing? Or is this a concession to, hey, at least we'll continue to try and play a defense that Nick has been outspoken about that he likes? I think that it's one of those things where they got the guy like, hey, you know, if it works this year, then, hey, he, he kept a scheme that he really wants to and his vision for a team, if not. Then maybe they clean the house today to move on from the Vangio type style scheme from here on out next year when everybody's Boy, gone. We were so close, Chris. So close to getting away from that scheme. Oh. It is. Oh. It is. It is uh, and I'm sitting there like, okay. At, at time, I, I used to not like, I, like, at first, I'm like, all right, cool, I get it. But you have to, if as long as the communication with the players yeah. is good, then you're good. Yeah. Now it's like every time you see it, it's like, all right, somebody's running free, somebody's 10 years. Maybe he simplifies it to the point that the other guys haven't. And they could fix it so that they could actually run it effectively, which would be all right. But I just don't know. No, it's like he's way too complicated. It's way too complicated for the back seven, um, especially when you have to play younger players. Now, Vic probably teaches it better. Not probably, definitely teaches it better than anybody. So hopefully that 
helps. Ironically, he probably would have loved to have Sean Desai as one of his assistants, but he can't go <laughs> that route. Um, yeah, but from the perspective of, of the defense as a whole, I, I think you look at it around the league, everybody who ran this scheme had a bad defense this year. I, I think the league as a whole is catching up. Um, fair or unfair, or is Vic going to evolve too? Vic's evolved from different, you know, he's he's been a good defensive coordinator for a long time. You can evolve when six-year games that the Dolphins played, finished, they gave up more than 26 points. It kind of makes you go, oh, and then the, that 56-burger that the Ravens hung on. Yeah. That's something he's still that's thinking. That's injuries, to be fair. They had some significant injuries. Oh, by the end of the season, yeah. they just devastated yeah. on the defensive yeah. line. Yeah, yeah exactly. So that's the, that's the, you mentioned defensive line. That's the area I think that maybe you benefit a lot better now because especially the way that this pass rush – you don't have to see Hassan Reddick and Josh Sweat dropping in the coverage as much now as you did with Patricia. So there's no, a silver lining there. And I, I think the Dolphins finished third in sacks this year as well. Isn't it lucky, by the way, Chris, that the Eagles interviewed Ron Rivera and Jim Caldwell to get the Rooney yeah, Bowl like out of the way to get uh, uh, Vic Fangio in 14 minutes at yeah. last check? He hit a nerve there with the Rooney rule. Oh, he hit a nerve. It's so many of these guys. And I think when you look at even Brian Johnson now, you saw he kept going to Falcons. Everybody knew that Belichick was going to sign there. You look at him going to Cleveland. They're probably going to go somewhere else. It's, it's a good intention. Yeah, Ron got an interview this morning with the Browns. He might, yeah. he, he might have a shot with them, offensive coordinator. He might have I a hope, shot. I hope so because it's just – Miraculously, you just rushed the guy. You basically you see it so many times. Teams rush the guys in for the sub. That's why I really rule. And then I, it just needs to be a change with that rule. And I want to woos off of that and step away and just go. (laughs) (laughs) And do virtual interviews count for the rule? No, no, no. Got to be in person, right? In person, yeah. Um, And the Eagles set that up. So for people that think there weren't a little. Hinkiness going on here. Yeah, there was. Because yeah, they the contract got done so quickly, too, with uh yeah. with Van Amazing. Amazing. Was down there. Huh. Uh. Again in this. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> Tampering right. fun when it works for you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm waiting for the announcement. They had to give up a fourth or fifth round because of it. <laughs> I, I started today's show, Chris, asking John this question. I'm going to ask you the same question since you were there yesterday. What was your main takeaway from the Howie and Nikki show yesterday at the uh, Novacare Complex? Now, shocker! Uh, normally, it was it was a contrite. It, it was aptly so contrite because normally times we see them, it, it's it's like a light mood and everybody's talking. There, this one not. They were yeah. down to business. I no jokes. No, yeah, it was, no giggling. <laughs> yeah, it was all business, Chris. And, and I think this team needed it, and at least they laid out somewhat laid out the plan of what they're planning to do. And I look at Nick now, I think, I think Nick knows that this is the year, this is a make it break a year for him. And the fact that he said, he kept saying he has to prove it to everybody to make sure he's proved to Lori, he has to prove it to Howie and everybody else that he's the right guy to lead his team. There's almost no excuses now because you have, you're probably going to get a different type of mind in the offensive side. We know Van Gio's the defensive coordinator. It's basically, it's all, it's all him now. He has to, they have to, at least in my opinion, at least get to the divisional round, probably conference championship, depending on the, the roster they bring back in order to come back for 2025. So it's all on him now. And 
it's got a big task to, to, to undertake. You know, most of his pieces are still there on offense. So for a running back, I don't know who it is. And defensively, you got the defensive line. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's all, all or nothing for Nick coming up this season. I, I want you to put on your Jeffrey Lurie hat, uh, Chris, or your Jeffrey Lurie hoodie. Um, I can't give you the $5 billion. Yeah. Worth, oh, by the way, there's no way Jeff yeah. Lurie ever wears a hoodie. No, no, um, no, 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 no. I have never seen him. Frank, in Franklin can pull it off. <laughs> Belichick can pull it off. Jeff Lurie, not going hoodie. Right? And, and, the, and the comfort of his many mansions, who knows no, what he no, wears no, around no, the house. No, but, no, no. but the help, right. the help sees him in the hoodie. He's embarrassed. No, anyway. he's not. He's I'm sticking with the premise, Je the Jeffrey Lurie hoodie. So you 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 put that on. Look, you and I know how many times Nick Sirianni has said over the years, "This is my offense. This is my offense. It doesn't matter if Shane is running it, or Brian Johnson is running it, or Dom DeSandro, or Chris Franklin, or Jody McDonald. As long as I'm here, this is going to be my offense." That's a direct quote from Nick Sirianni. It is now no longer his offense. How is this going to work? How? Look at Tomlin. Look at uh, some of these other guys well, too. It's basically he's CEO now. And maybe but he was a CEO before, but the difference to me is he was a CEO with power. Now he's a CEO who's a figurehead. CEO with more input and, and, and fingerprints on that type of style thing. And now I think it's, he's truly CEO. I think when you say he was a CEO, it was more like a, was like a, to me, it just felt like, like he's a CEO, but he's got a lot of, lot of say in what happens in that offense hours run and the overall game plan. Now it's just basically, it's like, okay, this is what we're doing. All right, cool. How's it going to affect game situation part? Okay, cool. And just going from there. And it's a big departure from that. And I'm looking at the way that, I really want to know what type of office a coordinator is going to give it because it's going to, there's going to be tempted. It feels like it's going to be temptation there, especially with his office, like him being from the office side of the ball. It's going, well, what if we do this or what if we do this or we need to do this? Cause it's still a head coach. And I, I think that's a big thing. It's going to be a big thing is the relationship he has with whoever he brings in as the office of coordinator. That's going to be the biggest thing. If they bring in like a, like an older gruff, I'm trying to think of a guy off the top of my head. Like, okay, like, or like, it wouldn't happen, but like Kavanaugh or something like that. But hey, like, somebody like a rough guy that tries to run it, then um, maybe butt heads. If he's somebody like the Kingsbury, I, I, it's almost like you can't put it. It's, it's touching there because air raid versus the East Coast, the East Coast file offense. Mm -hmm. So it's just weird. Boy, man, I, I, I just uh, look to me. Here's the tip. There's, there's two CEO coaches in the championship games this weekend, uh, uh, John Harbaugh and, and Dan Campbell, CEO coaches, it can succeed. They're proving it, but they have power to me. Nick Sirianni is now Jason Garrett at the end of his tenure in Dallas, where he's basically. And I think the best question was from our buddy, Tim McManus, who basically went off office space on him and said, what exactly do you do here? <laughs> oh, like, and well, uh, then let, let me turn it into a question for both you guys. What do John Harbaugh and uh, Dan Campbell do? If they're CEO coaches with power but don't really run the offense, don't really run the defense, what do they do that Nick Sirianni won't be able to do? They run their teams with impunity. That he he they did what Nick Sirianni did this year. What Nick Sirianni did this year, 
he ran his team. He he could do what he wants. Now, do you have to bloat major decisions? Yes, of course, to up the well, but he had the power to run his team. Now, and he said yesterday, Chris, the the new offensive guy, he's running things. And we know Vic Banjo is going to run the defensive side of the ball. I, I kind of chuckled when he said to Tim's uh, follow-up, uh, what are you going to do? And he was like a retired guy. And he said, well, maybe I'll sit in a defensive meeting. <laughs> it's like, well, maybe I'll go to the Poconos. Maybe I'll go down to the lake today. Maybe I'll sit in a defensive meeting. It's Jason Garrett versus Dan Campbell and, and John Harper. It's somebody, Jerry Jones, for those who forget, uh, stripped – Jason Garrett of play calling duties and he had no autonomy over the defense and he became the clapper, the guy who would clap on the sidelines. Is that where we are? I think, I, th- I don't think we're there yet. Now, if they start going there, because the reason I also look at like a guy like Totland, like the one thing I see with those three guys, the, the two guys in championship game and then Tom as well, too, they've been there for a lot longer time and they've had success as well too. I think it's still, I don't think he's there yet. Because they know that he's doing that now. If he's, they feel they lose the team. Okay, cool. As for, I think he gets it back quickly too. If they win, uh, if they go to the playoffs again, and they, and they do get that, and I think he's established. I think it's a lot of times just because he's a younger coach, he doesn't have that experience. I don't know. I don't know necessarily that he's Jason Garrett esque in that way. Because I look at Jason Garrett, I just think like, what the hell was this going on? <laughs> but yeah, like a lot of times they lost the team and they didn't have any success too. So I don't think he's there just yet. But it's just, it's nearing that point. I still think he has a decent say within that team overall. And, and here's where I guess I'm half in agreement with John on the two coaches, the CEO coaches that are still playing. When you listen to Dan Campbell speak, and if you talk to his players, I think they'd all say, yeah, we're going to run to a brick wall for Dan Campbell. Whatever coach asks for, we're going to do. And the same thing for Harbaugh in Baltimore. I think they'd run – so a big part of Nick Siri's CEO head coaching job is going to be he's going to have to have the respect of the players and the players ready to run through a brick wall for him. And they used that word culture again yesterday, umpteen times. My job is going to be to keep the culture. Do we have faith that Nick Sirianni can get that done? That the players are going to go, all right, well, this is the offensive coach. This is the defensive coach. But the head coach is still Nick Sirianni, and I got to go to work for Nick Sirianni. It can work. Will it work? Is Nick Sirianni in a position to do that with this group of players going into next season, Chris? I feel like I'm his attorney. I feel like I'm defending him a lot more than I really should after coming off this season. But, yes, I think he could. I I really do still think it because I look at the – I look at what he's done. He's able to – from what he's shown that one too. The, the thing that has the thing that doesn't have me completely all in was that one out of six kid and you knowing that you had to you had to turn things around and you had to do that and it just seemed like everybody just went through the faces of shell shock going through that whole entire end of the season and didn't see that. But I still look at the first two seasons, I see a guy who was able to motivate them, even though they had that easy schedule in that first year, they still were able to motivate them and get them to the playoffs. And I still look at the way he his messaging through that Super Bowl year it still worked as well, too. So I still think it's there. Maybe the time away does a good thing for them. That everybody's away now. They're everybody reflected on what how the season went down and when they come back for OTAs and, and training camp and everything, everybody's refocused and it's like there's been time to let everything cool down. I, mean, I think that I think that plays a role into it too. But I think overall we look at it, 
I think he can. Think he can. Uh, um, boy, I, I don't know. Uh, from the standpoint of just um, the signals it sends, and I think it sends signals. And another difference, I should have brought this up, um, when we talk about Harbaugh and Campbell because of the championship games, they decided that they wanted to be CEO coaches. They came in and said, this is how I'm going to run this particular team. They decided. Um, things weren't stripped from them. So other people around the league see things have been stripped from Nick Sirianni, um, whether it's coordinator candidates, uh, whether it's people, um, whether it's players knowing he's coaching for his job, whether you want to call that hot seat, lame duck. If things start to go in a negative direction, that thing kind of snowballs. You see it all the time with coaches on hot seats. No concern over that aspect of it if you are got the lorry hoodie on. <laughs> I can see that I was lorry in a hoodie now walking out <laughs> the first practice of that. But no, nah, I, I, the one thing I am concerned about is the, especially the offensive coordinator part and the depth of the coaches they hire after that because – if I'm a coordinator in that situation, I know it's not like I'm talking both sides of it out, but when if I'm a coordinator in that situation, I'm looking at this it, like, okay, this could be one and done if everything goes south, because if they do, then they're going to clean house again. And then the same token, I look at if you're a coordinator, you do really well and everything turns around, especially the offensive side, you're probably getting a high coaching job somewhere else. So this is where I think the most important thing I think with all the civil situation is you have to get a coordinator that's willing to, think that they can turn things around and be here for a couple of years because, and you get an office of staff and like, say like a quarterback's coach or whatever new title you want to add to that side of the ball to be ready to take up, take the mantle in case that office, say office coordinator gets a head coaching job. Cause we saw what happened. I like Brian as a person, but we saw what happened with this team, with this team last year. So yeah, I think that's the, I think it might, that might affect the offensive coordinator search very soon. I think All so. right, let me ask you about the offensive coordinator. Um, somebody's going to get the job, and they both said this yesterday, and maybe this is a mistake on my part, but I kind of buy it. Uh, there were a bunch of things that were said yesterday, and I'm sorry, I just wasn't buying, but I believe that when they said it, they said it with conviction. They're going to hire a person, not a scheme, but they're going to hire a guy that they think can do the job and bring new ideas to the table and mesh with Sirianni kind of hammered that home yesterday. We'd be foolish not to keep certain things that we've done very well over the last two years. So the whole meshing to create this new hour offense, is it going to be more toward new ideas, different ways of doing things? Is it going to be closer to Sirianni-like or will they stay the course and say, hey, it's the guy. It's not get away from what Sirianni did. Stay as close to it as what Sirianni did. Do you believe them when they say it's just going to be about hiring the new guy and their belief in what he brings to the table? I think it's still more about the scheme part. I, I think it's going to be closer to – I think it's something more along the lines of what they've done well, and then they get somebody that can tweak it and add some things into it, like – I look Frank Reich, at, I, you think there's any chance Frank Wright comes here? I'm not. I'm not saying zero. I'm not saying zero percent. I don't think that's the right person to do it this year. And I like. I like Frank Reich. What he did beforehand. I just don't know 
especially when you look at what happened in Carolina. And Carolina was a dumpster fire with everything that happened down there and everything else. But <clears throat> I still think the fact that the fact that he gave up, Frank took over, play calling back and forth. I think that plays a role in that too. But I think it's I think you look at a, a young guy. I, I think it's more of a scheme because when all said and done, you still look at the numbers that offense put up, even though they struggle, they still put up a lot of yards at times, except for those last games. But I don't know. I'm trying to think of a, a name that would fit in. Like to me, Kingsbury. Kingsbury. Yeah, I, I think he's a good fit. I think he's a good fit for what they need. I did. For, I like the what he does with the quarterbacks themselves, like the quarterbacks themselves. Like you look, you look yeah. what he did in Kyler Murray and that. So I like the way that he simplifies the fact that he was a former quarterback again, and that helped tweak everything that offense. I think it helped out a lot. So in that aspect, I like him. the air. This this offense with the air raid, nah. I don't, I don't know. That, you, I don't you know. Well, I'm, I'm, either, huh? Yeah, I'm thinking I'm not, more of the, the the RPO part of it. But um, if you know, when it comes to Jalen Hurts, um, Jared Johnson uh, is a guy who was a former quarterback like Cliff Houston guy. Was that interview? about because he's a very young coach he's 35 he was assistant quarterback coach two years ago this was the first year he even had a positional coach job so i can't believe that's really about being the offensive coordinator because they want a more veteran presence they want a guy who's built offenses um is this the guy they want to work with jalen hurts on a day-to-day basis that that kind of raised my antenna and i don't know if they can get him because he's from houston and he's working with C.J. Stroud, by the way, which is pretty yeah. good. Uh, so, but is that their thought process when it comes to somebody like that? I think you just try. It's one of those things where you just try to look at all the teams that are successful <laughs> right now and bring them in, and, and you just use them as backfighting missions along with trying to find your right guy too. Because I look at C.J. Stroud. I, I mean, I look for anybody from Monken's staff as well too to see what they're doing so well with <clears throat> what what they did so well with Lamar Jackson. Get it on tape as much as you can record it. Get it on tape. See what those those uh concepts that you have and then see the guys themselves as you go along with it i i use the interviews more for that i think that's a good way to uh, to use as well too as for johnson i think it's i think it's one of those things where it's an interview to satisfy a rule but it's also still one of those things where you can get gain a lot of information i don't i like what he do, has done so far in a way that he's incorporated and, and made Stroud comfortable in nfl and helped that transition from college I don't know if they're going to hire him necessarily that way. I think they're going to go more on the veteran side as well, too, as a teacher, especially if you're going to have somebody being the quote unquote running that offense for themselves. I think they're going to go somewhere more veteran route. But he's a good name. I somebody I'd watch for the next couple of years to, I'd probably say in like four or five years, he's going to be a head coaching candidate. But I'm, right I'm trying to, what, what I was saying is try to steal him away, not that they would tamper, but try to steal him away from Houston to be the quarterback coach, to be the position coach. Uh, and work with uh, Jalen Hurts. Not that yeah. they would do that. Yeah, I think that's, that's I think one. That's one where I'm saying thank you. No, if I'm him, I can stay with you <laughs> with C.J. Stroud with a coach that overachieved in year one, or go to a team that's got a talented quarterback for sure. But you got a coach who's halfway out the door. Yeah, no, I'll stay right where I am. Thank you very much. No, people, you bring up yes, yes. People you bring overstate. Up a good Nobody wants to come to Philadelphia. There's a whole bunch of people who want to come to Philadelphia. They'd be in a better position to come to Philadelphia. 
he just happens to be not one of them. But that, that's a, he's in a pretty damn good spot where he is right now. Josh and not, for sure. And, and and not that the Eagles would tamper, as I said. <laughs> tampering. All right, let's talk about tampering. Do you believe that Howie Roseman, prior to yesterday's media session, ran by Vic Fangio, since he knew he was going to be their coordinator, uh, N'Kobe Dean's going to be the savior at middle linebacker for the Eagles. Because the, the, the general manager went really deep on his defense of Kobe Dean, yes, N'Kobe Dean yesterday. We like we're, there was perception that we don't care about linebacker. Oh, we do, because we think N'Kobe Dean's going to be great. Yeah, I thought N'Kobe Dean was going to be great coming out of, out of Alabama, too. He's been here two years and hasn't flashed anything. You think they got the blessing from Vic Fangio to go over the top in the praise of N'Kobe Dean? The fact that it's Dean and Cunningham, and they put it out that strong, I, I don't even—I don't even see it as a—I uh, don't even see it as like a smokescreen for something else. I think they're really going to run it back with those two. I, I really do, because when you look at the free agent class for off, off the ball linebackers, it's really not that deep. And the best way I think they do—I think they get bring those two back. Van Summering and they draft a guy with one of those uh with the, one of those second round picks. We know not gonna, probably not gonna be in the first round, but I think he used the second one of those second round picks and draft a linebacker as well too. And then they're gonna say this is our core because it's, it's, as as much as and even when we say like the okay, he's he's on his linebackers and, and we know they're not gonna take one in the first round. And I mean no. by what linebackers off they're not going they're not gonna do that because the positional value they put on the line and corners. I think they go corner first round if anything. When I look at everything else, I just don't see them doing it. So there's a very good possibility that when they take the field week one, if he's healthy and he remains healthy, he makes the camp and everything, we're looking at N'Kobe Dean and, and they re-sign Zach Cunningham and they go from there. And and hopefully and hope the defensive line plays a lot better. I think they'll bank it a lot on Van Gio fixing the defensive line and their usage in order to get to get things right and keep the keep the linebackers clean. I think that's one of the biggest things they're banking on to fit for Vangio to fix besides his coverage. Yeah. I mean, they have to obviously upgrade the per They have a lot of decisions to make on in the back seven from the, you know, the aging Slay and Bradbury with, with contracts. They, they have to decide the linebacker. I think, look, I have no problem. I'm not giving up on the Dean as a player. But I'm also not putting all my eggs in that basket again. Wasn't There's... that the way it sounded, John, yesterday? Yes. We yes. know what they did and we know what they said. Aren't they going down that road again? Yeah. I'm crossing my fingers because I kind of stuck my neck out in singing the guy's praises. But I'm being honest here, too. He hadn't done diddly in two years. I'm more <laughs> concerned about the durability part of it. I That's think if he can stay healthy, I think if he can stay healthy, he'll turn into a good player. But I can't count on the durability part of it. So I got to have a plan B and the plan B can't be Ben Van Sumeran. I love the kid, but um, it can't be, it's got to be something more tangible. I, and I think it will be, they'll probably draft the linebacker. It'll be in the middle rounds. They have to start hitting on these draft picks. Um, yeah. But I, you can't just say, okay, Nicobe Dean, we're going to count on you 110% because He's got foot issues, and guess what? He doesn't like cleats except one brand that's discontinued. <laughs> I don't even understand that. He's 23 years old uh, or however. I, I'm concerned about the durability aspect, but I think he's going to be a good player still. Remember Jordan Hicks got injured year after year after year, good player when he played, 
and then he left Philadelphia and he was healthy for like six straight years. <laughs> uh, that, the Philadelphia curse. I don't know, I don't yeah. know what you've been does it. Well, with Philadelphia yeah. linebacker curse. Make sure you clarify yeah. it. It's yeah. the linebacker, not the Philadelphia curse, the Philadelphia linebacker curse. Sometimes it's just <laughs> the luck. It really is injury wise. And, you know, maybe gets healthy and maybe he starts playing and he turns into player. But man, you got to have a better plan B, Chris Franklin. Agree or disagree? I agree. I think, and that's why I really think. Yeah, for me, I just can't. I look at the. I look at the way that the Ravens are playing. I look at the way the 49ers are playing. I can't. For me, I can't wait till the middle of the round so they don't get a linebacker. I know you can get value if if you want to take two linebackers this draft just to see what you have. Yeah, yeah carpet bomb. To, carpet bomb yeah, the position. Yeah, yeah, I have no. But you have to use one of those. T- the, the the one of those first picks in the, the three picks in the fifty three you have to use them on a linebacker because you just there's just there's been too long it's been too long since they had developed their own linebacker that stayed around and been an impact and this team is deep as you can't this is the biggest thing you have guys on the first unit guys has third on the first level and third level that that middle of the field has to change because teams have been attacking it left and right so I think they, it's about time they they have to address it and address it with a high a very high pick this year you really need to. All right, Chris Franklin, the last question I have for you is one that was asked of me the other night when I was on WIP. We've been beating up the Eagles pretty good here today. I want to end on an upbeat mo- no, uh, mode. Will Tanner McKee be the Eagles' second quarterback next year? Yes. I really got that question. I'm going, wait a minute. Wow. All this stuff is going down, and you need to know it's Tanner McKee. And the guy meant it. He would say, oh, yeah, I really need to know. So it's an important question for Chris Franklin. Will they be bringing Mariota back or another veteran guy, or will Tanner McKee be good enough to be the Eagles' backup QB? I think McKee becomes the number two. I think they get a uh, undrafted free agent or they take somebody in the seventh round, put that there, and then they move that. Because I think it's more about the roster management and the cap management in terms of that. Because as I know you got Jalen Hurts' injury history, and you know there's going to be there's still always a chance you're going to have to have somebody in there. But I think they really like this kid, and I think they really like the way that he puts the ball out and his accuracy and his quick his quick decision making and, and getting the ball up. So I think he's really the number two, and you use that money to try to throw up some other areas. I, I I think he did. Yeah, I think it depends where the Eagles think they are. If they think the championship window remains open, I think they'll go better. And uh, if not, I think oh, they'll they go. they have to think that. Can't why mm-hmm. the. Would you bring you in be Nick honest. Fangio and pay him a, a big know. chunk of money? Maybe not four and a half million, but I, I guarantee you he's going to be one of the highest. Well, then I mean, then then they're. You then go, oh, we got to save some money on the back end. No, they got to be in it to win it next year. Then their history is get a veteran backup to win a game or two. Now the only time they went away from it is Jalen Hurts, but Jalen was the fifty third pick in the draft. Tanner's, you know, six round pick. That's oh. that's. That's a big difference. A I don't know this guy's. I don't know this guy's contract history. I don't know if he's still in the contract next year. If he signed a one-year deal with the Commanders, but if Jacoby Brissett could take a deal yeah. that's very Nick, affordable, Nick likes, that's the guy. Yeah, Jacoby. Of course, Nick has no power, so it doesn't matter if Nick likes Jacoby. <laughs> who's, who's, the, the, who's the new <laughs> offensive coordinator? We got to wait for him to be named to yeah. answer that question. Uh, I just wanted your opinion, Chris Frank. We always want your opinion. Yes. That's why we have you on as often as we do. Read him at nj.com. Does an outstanding job covering the birds for that outlet. And whenever he hops on with us. Thanks, Hoodie Man. Thank you. I'm on to sleep. Sorry. There we go. Yeah. That's the Franklin good. News. Make sure you follow Chris on X, Twitter, whatever you call it. Uh, 
so, social media Chris. I like Hoodie Chris better. All right, Jody Mac, Johnny Mac coming back. We're going to put a bow on the show. Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust. Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust, and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their fantasy pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Here with you on Birds 365. Only got a couple minutes left. Kate, you just tuned in for the last uh, 15, 20 minutes. Um, John announced this off Adam Schefter Twitter earlier in the show. Done deal. Nick Fangio immediately reporting to uh, Vic Fangio. <laughs> I get Nick and Vic. That should be fun. Those two guys working together this year. Uh, as the defense quarter to the Philadelphia Eagles was just released from duties from the Dolphins about 20 minutes prior. And all of a sudden, he's the Philadelphia Eagles uh, defense coordinator. We think there could have been some tampering. Going- well, who knows? Uh, yeah, I certainly believe that. No. Um, no. And he's going to come in and run his defense with the Philadelphia Eagles 
And they ran a Fangio defense each of the last two years. Certainly it ran, despite protestation from the Philadelphia fan base, ran really well under Jonathan Gannon. Despite uh, keeping it in place, didn't run so well under Sean Desai this year and got him fired. The guy who laid it all out, there's a reason we call it the Fangio defense because it was run by, created by Vic Fangio. All right, John, you said, what was the definitive stance you took? Oh, they're going to hate him after seven games. Yeah, seven uh, weeks, seven that, weeks. That, that, that buddy, may... I, yeah, I mean, it's not a – nothing's a carbon copy, but obviously the Eagles have been running this scheme for since Nick Sirianni got here. Um, so there'll be little tweaks, and, and Vic does it better than anybody else because he's the one who created it. Um, but I guess, you know – the point I'm trying to make is the blitz more contingent of Eagles fans, which is pretty significant, are not going to be happy. Right. I mean, but it's they, the same scheme. It, 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 it might. And by the way, and again, nothing against Vic. They're not going to be as good as they were in 2022. They don't have the personnel. Um, you, you, yeah. You, we're going to get yeah. married this offseason. Yeah, Maybe he yes. does everything right on defense. Plenty of moves to be made. Unlikely you're going to hit on them all. all. Um, but, yes, you're right. Obviously, it's to be determined. But also the part where they had a special season. I, I They're not getting 70 sacks. Um, they're not having eight guys with career years. Just doesn't happen. Lightning strikes. Can it strike twice? Well, they say it doesn't, but uh, who knows? They're going to be better than last year. They're not going to be 2022, and they're not going to blitz a lot. So a large portion of the fan base is not going to be happy. All right, then. John and I will be back tomorrow to finish off the week. I'm going to make a bold prediction. They don't have their offensive coordinator. It will not be breaking on Birds 365 yes, tomorrow like it was today, who their new defense coordinator is. I think they'll probably take a little bit more time with the offense corner. Just a prediction from your buddy, Jody Mack. Uh, Johnny Mack, uh, you and I good to go 22 hours from now? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, Joe Santa Liquido. So people can uh, get upset at Joe and take some of the heat off me. It was an interesting day. article that he wrote. See if he's changed any of his opinions because what has come down in the last 48 hours. We shall see. Joe Santa Liquido will get another guest up for you. Birds 365, right back here in two and two. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.